0: Uh, settling and bringing the attention inward, listening to the sound of the rain outside, <coughs> listening to the the inner silence. Allowing ourselves to settle, be still. Focusing the attention in the present. To allow the heart to be a a listening, open, attentive space. A fertile space. Let yourself settle. Be still. And into this uh, internal space, the space of our own heart, invite the question in. How old do I expect to be when I die? How old? You ask the question, notice what arises. How old do I expect to be when I die? There's no right or wrong answer, but just to notice, to observe. What are the mind's habits, projections, familiar stories? What arises? And then to ask ourselves the question, how old do I want to be when I die? How old? Is there a number? What do we tell ourselves? What is it? Have we ever thought of it? How old do I want to be when I die? again, there's no right or wrong we're just exploring the stories the mind tells itself the patterns we draw for our life to illuminate our fears our preferences our hopes and wishes what are they? how old do I want to be? When I die. as the mind drifts, wanders into avenues of conceptual proliferation caught up in memory or fantasy or distraction notice that, gently patiently let go, come back to the quality of spacious inner listening, attending to the present and ask yourself that question once again. How old do I want to be when my last breath comes? What do I tell myself? What do I say to others? Have I I ever thought of this? And now I think of it, what arises? Now, we all know that every single one of these bodies in this room is going to die. Every single one of these bodies in this room is going to die. This isn't news. Every one of us has a date on a calendar that already exists. Will our death be a Tuesday, a Friday, a Sunday, a March death, an August death, a January death, a June death, a December death, an even day or an odd day, the 1st, the 15th, 23rd, the 17th? The day exists on the calendar already, not that the the date is fixed karmically, but of those 366 possible days, one of them is the day that each one of us will die. So we know this. It's inevitable. And now ask yourself the question how would i like to die <coughs> what would i like to die from consider not in terms of contemplating suicide, but of all all the different ways that human beings can die, how would I like to die? How would I? How would I like to die? Ask yourself sincerely, (coughs) directly. how would I like to die? Do we say to ourselves really quickly with no pain? Do we say with our loved ones around us We find the mind saying, as long as there's no fuss. As long as no one's fussing. There's no right or wrong. No good or bad. But to explore, to see. What does the mind create? for sure this body is going to die. How would I like that to happen? The mind gets drawn into fantasy and elaboration. Take a moment to come back to the body, feel the posture, let the body straighten, relax, re establish that quality of inner spaciousness, openness, unbiased attention. Listening, attending to our own heart. And we ask ourselves the question How do I not want to die? How am I afraid of dying? What do I most not want to happen? What do we really fear? Once again we are just receiving, opening to the stories we tell ourselves, opening up the box, the locker in the attic, just to see what we carry around within us as we uh, allow that feeling, that possibility. How we most do not want to die. To know that, to receive those feelings, to allow them in, attend to them, participate in their presence, feel them, know them, let them go. What do we most fear it will be like at the end? What would be the worst? And we ask ourselves, what do I most want to leave behind? When my life is over, what would I most want to be the legacy I leave behind? What would be the very best that I could bequeath to the world? My family, my friends, the world, the universe. What would I love to leave behind when I pass? we look into our hearts, explore. It's not a matter of making a laundry list of precious things, weighing up a list of pros and cons, but just to look into the heart and to simply ask, what would be the most precious thing, the most beautiful thing? What would I most love? to leave behind me, to leave to others when I go, when I'm gone. What would be the most beautiful, perfect bequest to the world? And lastly, what do I think happens when the body dies? What do I think, what do I feel happens to us when the body dies? We've all heard different stories. We go off to different realms, we go up to heaven or down to hell, off to purgatory, get reborn in Tibet, or it all just goes dark and nothing happens. It's the end, finito. We've all heard many stories, but what do I feel is the truth? What do I feel? Where do I think we go? What do I think happens? Have I ever thought about it, really? What do I feel? What do I believe about what happens when we die? when I die what do I believe it will be like One of the reasons I raise all these questions is that uh, we have a task for everyone today. A particular task, this is a writing assignment. And we would like to invite every one of you to write your own obituary. Your obituary the story of your life that appears in the newspaper so just as you see in the newspaper so whether it's uh, half a page in the Guardian or two and a half inches in the Great Gadsden Parish Newsletter the Ceylon Times choose your newspaper of choice but to consider that notice in the newspaper that announces your death and your life and what you did. So you can take your time through the day that uh, Nietzsche and Joshua have Provided pens and paper for people to to use if you don't have your own notebooks. It can be a single paragraph or it can be extensive. Keep it under 3,000 words. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us have more to say than others. But this is a, a serious exercise to consider your own obituary, to talk about your own life, not from embarrassment, not from inflation, not from false humility, writing about your own life. To write your own obituary is part one. Part two is to write your epitaph, what you would like to have on your gravestone or on the monument. (laughs) (laughs) I'm deadly serious. (laughs) If there's going to be a monument, a grave marker, because we can laugh, but we're all going to die. There is going to be a spot on this planet, for probably all of us, that will be marked. Here lies Amaro. Here's the ashes of Babakro. <laughs> Somebody will do it for you. This is the exercise, and if the if. What you say is, uh, I want to avoid at all costs anyone mark making any kind of mark on my life. That's your own mark. <laughs> right? But I would encourage this to take this as a, a serious exercise. What's marked on what, what's marked on your grave? how you'd like to be remembered, how you'd like to record your own life. Are we share these? No? <laughs> I knew people would... So these are not going to be shared with anyone. So you don't have to share these with each other. Only you will read it. These are not going to be printed in the Guardian, <laughs> or the Great Gadsden Parish Newsletter, or the Ceylon Times. You to be anonymous. You to put on no, no, no. It's just for you. You write it for yourself. No, no, no. No. You write, you write it for yourself. No one else needs to see it. No? No, no, no. No, no. It's for you. It's an exercise for you to write your life. Hmm? Paper is better. It's better to put it down on paper. It's uh, Because to actually articulate things into formed words, formed sentences, it's just for you. What do you want to say about your own life? What are you embarrassed about? What are you proud of? (coughs) What does the world praise? What would you like to keep hidden? How does it take shape? So your own obituary your own epitaph. When I say no one will see it, I thought the the, the final element of this is that, um, that even though we say, okay, it's not for anyone else to see, but if you write it, and this might cause even more alarm, but I would like people to write it with the knowledge that the Buddha will read it. The Buddha will read your obituary. Oh, the Buddha Buddha speaks every language. The Buddha speaks. The Buddha speaks every language. We have to imagine that we're going to die now, soon. We can't imagine a better future. Of course, you can. Or a victory is better from this point onward. Of course, you can. Or an epitaph couldn't be possible now. Of course. Yes. That's why I said, uh, uh, "How would you like to die? How old do you want to be when you die?" So you might feel like, "Okay, well, this is the first fifty years have been <laughs> a real wipeout, but yeah, the next sixty are going to be great." So they say, "Well, he really, he really messed up and kind of missed all his chances up to fifty-five, and then things got really good after that." Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, so that's why I said, yeah, how old do you want to be when you die? How old do you expect to be when you die? I think
1: there'll be a lot of delicate pieces of paper flying around the retreat center. I wonder, would there be uh, an opportunity to
0: dispose of them in a meaningful way? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We can have a ceremonial burning <laughs> at the end. Yes. We don't know each other's but it's yeah. probably half of this right? So yeah. yeah. But there, there's no need for anybody else but yourself to to see it. It's a, it's a, it's an exercise for each individual person. So I felt it was important that we were not sharing these with each other. But so you could use it as an exploration for for, uh, for each person individually.
1: When when Ajahn Amaro and I were talking about this, and this was America, of course we would be doing it differently. (laughs) So being in England and deferring to the venerable Ajahn here, um, I kind of went with the flow, and I'm still going with the flow. But I think the part that we talked about that maybe Ajahn hasn't articulated that I like to think about is legacy so it's like how would i like to be remembered I'm not as he said not you know inflating ourselves or over exaggerating but kind of what are those those things because most of us say well want to write something maybe you know uh to to demean you know, um, ourselves or all the horrible things or whatever but to, the, the, the idea is to really search deeply within us, and you know what are those key things? Because I'm not sure. I'm not I'm an obituary ri- uh, reader per se, <laughs> particularly, but they're usually fairly straightforward. And born, you know, I was born and and in this place, and had this sister, and was survived by so and so, and you know they like to go to the you know this club and did this and that. So they're 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 fairly kind of dry and boring. So. You know, I would certainly consider, like, well, what is it if somebody actually were to read it? And if you want to destroy it, that's fine. But I also believe that, certainly in my mind, that, uh, and I know Catherine, my family would respect, this is what I want people to read about me, and I don't feel I'm being, like, inflating my ego. I would like it to be, you know, public. My epitaph, certainly, will be, will be public, won't it, if I have something, or I like the idea of, instead of a gravestone, <coughs> you know, cremation, ashes, planting a tree, and then having some nice plaque, you know, that, uh, that is there, that, you know, maybe, you know, his favorite saying was, all that arises, passes away. Oh, he was quite a wise person, wasn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like Spike Milligan's epitaph, I told you I was ill. <laughs> <laughs> he was no- notorious for being a hypochondriac. Mike Milligan is a famous British uh, comedian, so that was his last quip. Yeah. <coughs> I told you I was ill.
1: What was the other one there? actually on his
0: grave, I believe so. Yeah. In, uh, in, uh, in Kent, I think he's buried.
1: Oh. And I was also thinking, like, I'm sure many of you here have, and, and the antiquity that we have in, here in, in Great Britain. But say I think of D.C. where a lot of Washington, D.C. where much of American history is. And like I've been lived in D.C. first two years after I disrobed. And so all these famous presidents from the history of America is there where they were buried. There's the Kennedy um, flame. And I actually think and and it's like it's just kind of. And then the and then the soldiers burial, you know, just these these hundreds of thousands of mass graves, all kind of. Militarily, uh, you know, whatever way you look, they're all kind of lined up perfectly and other than a relative or two that nobody ever actually, you know, visits, the, visits them and then when the relatives have passed or we see old gravestones and, and so that uh, I think uh, my thought was, well, whatever I write or whatever epitaph is there, it's, it will fade quite quickly from the world and I found that very humbling no matter what I like people to remember it has it's very short lived isn't it in the light of what we've been talking about so you know keeping keeping that in mind and whatever it is that uh it's something that um is not going to be etched in eternity although if we we say we're having the buddha read it then of course in our hearts we you know we're putting that out but um i think it uh, is one and i'm certainly going to do it i think you know Ajan is and uh so everyone here so i think it will be a a wonderful challenge for all of us to uh, kind of bring things to fruition because we're really like thinking, oh my God, Pete, this is going to happen. Death is going to happen. We've we've established that, and there's probably going to be some. Um, I think it's kind of a, it, it, is, it is in America, and I think here too that there is an obituary usually written in your respective countries. Those from that this isn't your home country, or you may, you know you may want it. Or like myself, I was living here. I think of my good friend Stephen. You know, he lives here. If he dies here, would he want something to be in a New York newspaper as well? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so there's a lot. You know, it's a lot to kind of embrace and 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 uh, pick up. But we have the whole day. So and uh, and again, it's it's. I think that's important. It's it's confidential to you. And then if we have a ceremony, if you don't want to, but I would. I didn't say this at the beginning. That I think the main thing I wanted to say that if it's something you really want, I think I was saying, well, then keep a copy or keep it privately. I mean, it's not going to, you know, if you don't want to burn it, then you put it away safely and give it to a relative. Or I want this put in a safe deposit box or safekeeping. And and I'd like uh, this is what I'd like to to have written when I pass, and uh, you know, people would hopefully honor that.
0: I feel okay because it's it's for you <laughs> it's it's for us and so it's a, an exercise to bring it closer and also I felt particularly because we when we talk about ourselves we tend to be very self-effacing and particularly the the mentality and the style in in Britain is to be self-denigrating self-critical and and so both to, to look at our life, an exercise to look at our life in, a, in, a, in an objective way, as if it was, you know, we have passed and this, this obituary is being written um, about this life. So that, uh, because I feel it's also one of the most important kinds of recollection, along with Marananusati, the recollection of death, one of, them, one of the other recollections that gets forgotten or gets missed is Chaganusati, which means recollection of our own goodness. And uh, Ajahn Sumedho has uh, referred many times to how, um, in the, his early days, he uh, he would make these sort of self-deprecatory comments or self-critical comments, and, and Ajahn Chah said to him, Sumedho, if you were as really an awful as awful a person as you say you are, you wouldn't be I- interested in coming anywhere near Buddhist monks let alone actually want to be one. <laughs> if you are so kind of horrible and selfish and angry and greedy and, uh, and such an awful person, you wouldn't want to be around virtuous people. You wouldn't want to be around people who are kind and generous and harmless, would you? The somato, you're a good person. <gasps> and he would feel this, so, oh, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. <laughs> but, but that incredibly disarming way that Lumpo Cha could have is say, Somato. You're a good person. And it would just pierce right through and say, Oh, I guess I must be. <laughs> Otherwise, why would I be interested in being a Buddhist monk and a harmless human being? So part of it is also to develop Chaganusati, to recollect and to acknowledge you know, the the good that has been done. And that oftentimes I mean how many of us have tried to practice loving kindness and say, May all beings be happy except yeah, this one should be punished. You know, <laughs> This one doesn't deserve to be happy or to be loved. But everybody else, fine. <laughs> but it's hard to appreciate our own goodness, our own wholesome qualities, because we're afraid of being inflated or egotistical or proud. But uh, part of the, the, the intention behind it is to, to look at our own life as a, in an objective way as part of the whole human family and what has been done with this life. Yeah, what's been what's been good, what's been uh, difficult, and to to be able to acknowledge it and to 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 see it just as that, as that much, and then to let it go. So to encourage you, you don't, you're not going to be asked to share these, or anyone else can see them. So don't uh, don't be uh, afraid of what you might write, because it's, it's for you. It's not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I've certainly chosen epitaphs for
1: my parents, they say, mm-hmm. and you know as far as I'm concerned, my epitaph is none of my business if they're not going to make
0: it. It was a, it's, it's a suggestion. Like uh, Some people do write their own epitaphs, like Spike Milligan. <laughs> like the American comic who said, all in all,
1: I'd rather be in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the red nose. Red Skelton. No, right. Oh, right. Red Skelton. Pink nose.
0: Red. Mr. McCorber. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the um, yeah. W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The one I was recollecting this morning with, it was an 18th century doctor whose name was Isaac Letson. And the epitaph goes, I've never seen this myself, but only by reputation. Um, uh, I've treated people all, all my life. I physics bleeds and sweats them. If after that they choose to die, well, what care I? I let them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, here lies the body of Leslie Moore. No, Les, no more. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea, <laughs> the idea of doing the the the. Well, the, my thinking was the. Uh, the the obit the obituary was more of the sort of serious reflective part and then the the epitaph was more of a sort of how, folly how, at the end how
1: could one not want to have to be creative in your own way and have an epitaph that people would be in a situation like this and so and so wrote it and we all have a good chuckle over it you know what a le- that's a, that's, a, that's mm-hmm. what a legacy
0: huh? <laughs> but anyway it's uh, the the whole process is is for uh, for you and for yeah, Tony. Being a Leo, I'm tempted to do two versions. One would be to do the exercise in the way you were saying, mm-hmm. and the other would be to write what I would like to have read out at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, yeah. I mean, be as uh, be as creative as you like. Yeah. I know a friend, a friend of ours um, made a video to be shown at his funeral. Uh, as a shrunken man. And... Uh, it was a, he saw it was an opportunity to give his friends a Dhamma talk. But many of his friends were not as interested in Dhamma practice as he was. And the video begins, if you're seeing this, I'm dead and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and since this is my funeral, I feel that you are somewhat of a captive audience. And then he gave this uh, Dhamma talk. about: uh, So all of you are very busy with your lives and your careers and your promotions and your consultancies and... So on and so forth, but let's take a moment to consider. <laughs> <laughs> so. so anyway, this is offered for your consideration and as an exercise for you to, to explore during today. No one will be tested or examined. <laughs> it's, it's for you. And uh, so whatever way you want to relate to it, it's, it's your business. But uh, I felt it was a very useful contemplative exercise to, for people to to pick up and to explore, and um, uh, and to to see what arises in that, what's difficult to write, what you're eager to write, what you're afraid someone else might see, <laughs> and uh, or what you are you know you secretly really would like someone to see, <laughs> like accidentally leave it around so <laughs> somebody will find out that you know you are actually a Nobel Prize winner or you know. Just to see, because it's, those, those are the things that we all need to see. It's all, it's all part of what we are and also how we appreciate and hold our life and how we let go of our life, how we relate to our life through non-clinging. And, uh, and also, uh, as Joseph was, was referring to, that sense of legacy and that, the question I ask people to consider. What, what would we really like to leave behind? What in terms of a, of a bequest to the to the world? What what would we really wish to leave behind us when we go? So these are all different elements in the mix. So that uh, uh, we we did ask uh, Nietzsche and Joshua to put out pens and paper, and so there should be supplies there by the, the, these doors. So if you don't have your own notebooks and pens, uh, which I suspect most people do, then uh, then uh, do help yourself. So things are available. Yes, yeah, yeah. What the mind is doing with it, I'm, so <laughs> but the the pattern of the routine will be the same as usual. Gather at, at two in the afternoon, and uh, also uh, after the the walking period, I would encourage people to keep their ears open for the bell and to come in uh, as promptly on time as uh, as is possible. Doesn't have to be. It's an exercise for you. It's a contemplative exercise. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended. No.
1: Yes and no. His famous last quote. (laughs) Make note, Kathy. (laughs) I I was just going to say that, but I don't, I I, want to say it in like, I was just thinking that those may have an iPad present or something that I think, and certainly for me, it would be good to do it on paper because I don't like particularly writing in the computer. For me, I can polish it, but... I think probably more of an exercise if I have to handwrite it, so I have to put a little more thought, and I can't just go and delete and back up and change words and everything. but I don't think that's a big deal, yeah, I but think paper is
0: paper is best.
1: Yeah, I think
0: Okay.